championship game. We talked a lot last week about uh, the power of just community and fellowship and how that works. And so, uh, you know, as we think about that, I think about a, the power of, of a moment, you know, a moment in time. And so thinking back about the Cowboys game, not to bring back bad memories, right? But isn't it crazy just the, the back and forth of the game, if you watched it, and, and just how uh, one thing led to the next and, and, and just that one moment where Aaron Rodgers rolls out to the left, throws a pass, and the guy Cook drags his feet in and puts himself in field goal range. Just three seconds left in the game, and then the field goal goes through the upright. Game over, right? Just how powerful is a moment in time? And it's incredible to think about that in our lives as individuals, as believers, and as people. Because uh, as we talk about a lot here, I truly believe that that our steps are ordered and that God guides our steps if we'll let him and if we'll trust him and have faith to believe that he is able to do the things that he says that he will do. And I believe that just in talking uh, with Will here and talking about his radio station and just doors that God's opening for him, if he never takes a step of faith and does what he's done, then these doors don't open for his for his uh, opportunities here at KFNY. And same way in our life. It's that moment in time where as we walk by faith and trust, we can see as we look back, uh, the moments that God has blessed us with and led us to and and those kind of things. You know, one of the things I was thinking about when you think about football, um, as heartbreaking as the moment was for the Cowboys, uh, to be honest with you, I have always been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I just have always loved the Steelers. And let me tell you how that happened, and this is kind of to drive home the, the point that I'm making this morning. I was a little boy, probably early 70s. Um, I was born in 68, so you can do the math and figure out how old I am. But as a little boy, my dad had gone to Louisiana Tech. And so as he was going to Louisiana Tech, I, I remember vaguely just being with him at certain points and certain times. But the one moment that I do remember was when I was a little boy and we went to a Kmart. You remember Kmart? All you guys that are um, old school Kmarts, I guess. I don't know if they're still around or not. Maybe they are. But I remember back in the day they had blue light specials, right? So they'd have the big blue light flashing in the, in the aisle. And those kind of things were going on. Well, at a Kmart uh, there in, in North Louisiana, uh, Terry Bradshaw was signing autographs, and he has uh, just started playing with the Steelers probably a few years before that in the early 70s. <clears throat> and so my dad and I went there, and, and I met Terry Bradshaw, and I got a, a picture with his autograph on it. And my dad had always been a Cowboys fan. In fact, his whole family were Cowboys fans. And so I met Terry Bradshaw, and that moment in time changed everything for me. I remember as a little boy, I became a Steelers nut. I loved it. In fact, I've still got that autograph picture of Terry Bradshaw in a a little photo album that I've kept over the years. And I remember being a kid, for Christmas, all I asked for was Steeler stuff. I had a Steeler's watch, Steeler's wallet, Steeler belt, Steeler pants, Steeler, I mean, everything Steeler's you could have. And in those big games when they would play in the Super Bowl when I was a little boy, I remember uh, rushing home um, from church that evening to get there to watch the game. And I would take all of my Steeler stuff and I'd spread it out all over the couch. And I would watch the game um, and just be so excited about what was going on and I just loved it. I knew every player on that team every player I knew the whole defense offense uh, Terry Bradshaw Franco Harris Rocky Blyer Lynn Swan John Stallworth all these guys that, that I remember back when I was growing up and isn't it crazy that I became and I was influenced by that moment by Terry Bradshaw and meeting him and that changed how I watched football changed everything about uh, my life as a little boy it imp impacted me uh, that greatly and then when you think about it even deeper, you look at the life of Terry Bradshaw. Here's a guy that went to Louisiana Tech, and actually he was playing behind Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. I don't know if you ever knew that. But Phil Robertson was the starting quarterback at Louisiana Tech. And he um, he decided, he told Terry, look, I'm going to go hunt ducks. I don't want to do this anymore. And, uh, and man, Terry Bradshaw slid into that role, and the rest is history. And so isn't it crazy how that, in, in just a moment, so many things can change in our lives and how... If we'll look at it in a, in a bigger picture and recognize that, that God is, is in control, that he's sovereign, that he's working everything out for our good and for his glory. And when we acknowledge that, and as Jesus taught us, if we'll have the faith of a mustard seed, just a little bit of faith to believe that he is able, then he will lead us to those moments. And it's not always easy, right? It's difficult. Maybe many of you listening today, you are going through times and you're struggling. And you're thinking, you know what? I don't believe God's in my life. I don't believe God's anywhere around. Look at the mess that I'm in. And and the things that I'm struggling with, the, the, all the things that are happening. Or maybe you're, here, maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, you know what? I see that. Well, be grateful. Be thankful. But also recognize, you guys, that, that God is faithful and that he is working. And, man, when you look back weeks, months, years down the road, when you look back 
you'll see. As they say, you know, hindsight's 2020, right? You see more clearly as you look back than when you are in the moment. And so I think that as we, we think about this power of the moment and how that from the Cowboy game last week to me meeting Terry Bradshaw and then Terry Bradshaw's moment at, at Louisiana Tech when Phil Robertson stepped out, moments in life are powerful, significant. And God orders our lives and, and he'll lead us if we'll just open our eyes and we'll see. You see, he's always working. And, and we have to believe even when it feels uncertain, right? There's a verse that, uh, that I want to share with you about this. It's uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Uh, verse 18 through 20 and I'm gonna read it out of the message uh, but King Solomon who was a who asked for wisdom when God said look I can give what do you what would you want what do you want to lead the kingdom and Solomon said I, I want wisdom so a very wise man looking back over the course of his life seeing all the things that had happened he wrote these words in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 18 it says after looking at the way things are on this earth here's what I've decided is the best way to live take care of yourself have a good time Make the most of whatever job you have for as long as God gives you life. And that's about it. That's the human lot. Yes, we should make the most of what God gives, both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given and delighting in the work. It's God's gift. God deals out joy in the present, the now. It's useless to brood over how long we might live or how long things will happen. You know what, what, the, what Solomon was saying was, look, life is a gift. And we have the opportunity to live this life in, and to experience life. And when you as an individual choose, choose to believe that there is a way, that what Jesus said was true, and that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, then you can recognize, okay, wait, as I learned from his example, which we're going to talk about today, that God will order my steps and he will lead me as I trust him. And as I trust him, he will make a way where there is no way. He will open doors that cannot be shut, and he will shut doors that cannot be opened. He's faithful. And if you'll just declare that and believe that, even in the midst of the struggle or the strife or whatever it may be, as Solomon said, look, take care of yourself. Make the most of whatever's in front of you. Make the most of your job, the opportunities. Take that step of faith. Believe that all things are possible. Maybe you're listening today and you're thinking you've been contemplating a shift. You've been contemplating a a movement professionally. Maybe in, today you're you're struggling in, in marriage and you just need the hope to believe that, hey, you know what? We can stick this out. We can we can make this work, that God can help us through this thing. And all these things we're experiencing are going to make us better as we move forward in life. All those things are true. But you know, here's the reality of it. As true as they are, they're only true when you and I make the decision to believe that they're truth. It's faith. And we have to make that decision. You know, as we think about this whole idea, there's a song that I love. I love the band One Republic. And interesting story about them is years ago, um, I was working at a church in Little Rock, Arkansas called Grace Church. And incredible worship leader uh, named Mark Terry, Mark, Mark, Ter- Mark Tedder, rather, sorry. Mark and Carrie Tedder is what I was trying to say. They were uh, the worship leaders there at, at, a, at Grace Church. And Mark had a nephew named Ryan. And Ryan had just uh, won a an event on uh, MTV, and and he came and, and did a concert for us years ago. Um, and and Ryan Tedder is a lead singer of lead singer of One Republic. So as I hear these songs by One Republic, I know the Tedder family. I know uh, the relationship they have with the Lord. I know uh, the vision that they have for their life. They believe the power of a moment. They believe in this. They believe in by faith that all these things are possible. And so this song that I'm thinking about is I'm. As I thought about this idea of, of, of the power of the moment, the significance of a moment, and how that all works together, I just want to encourage you to, to, to realize that, that God wants you to live, just like Solomon said. Live life. Live through the struggle. Live through the difficulty. Live in the midst of it. And as, as Solomon said, that you can have joy in the present, the now. Even when you don't feel like it, God can give you joy. You see, happiness is fleeting. Happiness doesn't last. It, it, it's something that people are grasping for. But joy... The Bible says joy is the strength that you have. It's the strength of the Lord inside of you because you know that he is his faithful. The song I want to play for you is called I Lived. And I know you've probably heard it, but as we listen to it, we're going to come back and talk about it a little bit. And just this whole idea of as individuals, as believers, to make the decision and the choice to believe, believe anything's possible and that God is faithful. And in the midst of our struggles and our trials and our pain and our temptations and all the things that we face in life, that he is in our life and that as we look back we'll see that he was faithful and i pray that all of us will make the decision hey you know what we want to live so listen to this song mm-hmm. 
that's so powerful is the concept and, and, and the ideas I share with you is, is knowing, not Ryan, uh, I met Ryan one time, but I don't, I don't know Ryan Tedder, but I do know Mark and Carrie, and I have been, uh, and their kids, uh, and, and just spending time with them and knowing the history of their family, then I understand and recognize that the story behind the song is far greater because the writing of the song, it was written based on this thing of, look, I want to encourage you to, to keep pressing on, to keep moving forward, that you would live, you know? Spend all your days, and, and they all add up, and, and, and do life, and live life. And that's what Jesus wanted. He said, look, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You see, and what makes it significant is the fact of the power of community and fellowship. I have community and fellowship with Mark and Carrie Tedder, and then that links me Every time I hear a One Republic song, then I think about the history of their life. I think about their story. I think about how they've come to where they are, the faith that they've had to believe that all things are possible, how that they've created generations of faith that have moved forward in this. And, and so I believe that we as individuals, that 
that as believers and choosing to believe that we would recognize, look, there is power in a moment. There's power in a, in a decision to choose as a, as a as a husband and a father to just set our families down and pray together. It's as a as a as a couple to make the decision that that we're going to live. We're not going to give up. We're going to press forward through the pain, through the strife, through the heartache, through the difficulty. We're going to live. You see, that's what it is. It's more than becoming a, a famous pop star. Ryan would tell you that. It, it's been his mission, his purpose to declare these things and move forward. That's what his dream was, and he pursued it. But for you listening today, maybe at work or in your home or wherever you may be, in the car as you're driving somewhere today, that as you're listening today, I want to encourage you to recognize, and I want this thought to be placed in your spirit and in your mind, is that God wants you to live. He wants you to do it all. What is all? It's the steps that he's ordered for you. The thing I love about the life of Jesus, as we think about this today, was that Jesus made it very clear. He said, look, I have come to do the will of my father. I am to be about my father's business. And we're going to look at a story here in a minute where he says those exact words. And so when you think about the life of Jesus, he, he grew up just as any of us would grow up. He was, he was born and, and obviously born of a virgin and, and was entered into the world uh, sinless. And, and unlike us, we enter to the world sinful creatures and sinful beings. Um, but he moved forward in life and grew up and became a young boy, moved through the teenage years, the, the Bible says in Hebrews that, that we have a great high priest, being Jesus, that was tempted in all ways that we're tempted, experienced the things that we would experience. And he did it without sin. He did it to show us that there is a way. How? That way is to allow God the Father to guide your steps as you live. And just to fulfill the steps that he has ordered for you. All of us have different paths. All of us have different purposes. But as I've said before, and I don't know if I've said it on here, but the the place that the most wealth is stored in the world is a graveyard. The place where we take dreams that never were fulfilled, songs that were never written, jobs that were never taken, steps of faith that were, were never moved into. And what Jesus did in 33 years was he completed the purpose that God sent him here for. 33 years. That purpose was to show us how to live, how to follow the Holy Spirit, and to, to do the will of the Father, and how to do the things significantly and specifically that God asked us to do. Obviously, Jesus didn't heal everyone. Jesus didn't do all this, but he did exactly what God sent him to do. He lived. And that's why when he was on the cross hanging there and he said, it is finished, the point was that, look, I have fulfilled the purpose that God sent me here for. And I've done exactly what he asked me to do. And we can learn so much from the life of Jesus and how he lived every day to the fullest, every day. You know, it wasn't that Jesus walked this earth in some type of rhetorical, religious uh, way. He lived this life. He lived it. He was simply faithful to the Father. He loved people. He laughed. In fact, children would come to him and, and run to him. And one time there was a group of children that, that came to Jesus and the disciples rebuked him and said, get the, get the kids back away from him. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. No, let the children come to me. And I can see Jesus laughing and tossing them in the air. He said, because the kingdom of heaven... It's like these kids. They believe that anything's possible. They believe they live life, no matter what their circumstances are. You can see videos of kids in, around the world that are far less privileged than, than we may be. And, and children that are going through difficult circumstances. You can watch them in the midst of all that. They're going to find a way to laugh, to smile. Joy will come. And it's because they believe. They haven't been tainted so much by all the things that we as adults many times have been tainted with, loss and pain and struggles, although they're being impacted by that. Even as a kid, they believe anything's possible. Whether it's Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, all these kind of things that we talk about, have the faith. You know what Jesus was saying? All those things as we think through those things, yeah, we recognize, but the greatest faith that we can have, obviously, as believers is to believe that through Jesus all things are possible. That's why Paul said, look, I can do all things through Christ. But he said that after he had been through many difficulties and struggles. He said, I've learned to be content in all things. I've been rich, I've been poor, I've been beaten, I've been at loss, I've been alone, I've been fulfilled. All these things, I've been through everything. But I've learned that through it all, I can do all things through Christ. You know, today we're going to talk about when Jesus did his first miracle at a wedding. And we've been talking about this idea of the power of community and fellowship. And I've shared with you just how a moment in time and how that a relationship can lead us to another opportunity or another person. And that God, if we'll listen and we'll seek and we'll recognize and just allow him to guide our life like Jesus did, then he's going to show us 
different things, different moments, different people. And, and we'll look back and see why he brought those people into our life. You know, he was invited to a wedding. And then most likely it was a, a family of some sort um, that he was connected with because his mother was there and he had his disciples there with him. They were invited as well. Weddings were celebrations uh, in the time of Jesus. And, and they are today. I think so much of what we do today is based upon the celebration of Jewish culture and such as that. And I love going to, the wed- going to weddings. I love being invited to weddings. It's an honor to be invited to a wedding because nowadays, you know, they, they eat and they celebrate. And it's just, it's just an incredibly fun time to be a part of. Well, Jesus loved weddings, he loved life, and he loved the idea of being together. And I love it. I love coming together with people I haven't seen in a long time and just celebrating the the love and the newness of life that's beginning together. He lived each day, Jesus did, by listening to God's voice. You see, he had complete and total faith in his Father. And complete faith is what he encouraged his disciples to have as well. And you know what's interesting? He always responded and noticed people that had faith. Over and over and over again, you see it in Scripture. Whether it was the the man that, that brought his son uh, to Jesus, that that the, the son had been uh, oppressed, possessed by a, a demonic force for years and years. And the, and the father said he, he's tried to kill him over and over and over again. And, and the man looks at Jesus and he says, would you help us if you can? And then Jesus says, well, what do you mean if I can? Uh, if you have faith, I can do all things. And then the man looks back and he says something to Jesus that I love. He said, you know what? I believe, but help me with my unbelief. You know, so many of us need to declare that, that prayer today. Lord, I believe, but God, help me with my unbelief. I, be, I believe in you, but, but Lord, help me with this doubt in my family. God, I believe in you, but, but help me with this struggle that I'm facing. And see, that relationship with God is what helps us with that. But then the power of community is where we are encouraged. I'm encouraged by Will's story. By getting to hear his story about how he's worked his way through the IT world and, and how that he moved toward his dream of being in broadcast and being on the radio and how that he's pursued and he's paid, uh, he has moved through different opportunities and paid the price, so to speak, and taken steps of faith to get to where he's at. That encourages me to hear the stories of people that have, have done things, that have taken steps of faith, that have believed, that have persevered through difficult situations and made it because I'll tell you that the greater story is on the other side of the situation when you get there it's just like Revelation 12 11 says that they overcame the enemy by the power of the blood what Jesus did for us and by the word of their testimony their story of what God has done in their life and we are beneficiaries of that story I want to tell you a story today about um, Jesus going to a wedding and how that in he in that in that moment that he experienced the moment and was in the moment and was there because he loved community and fellowship. But that God used that moment to show us so many things about how we can live in community with people. Because here's the deal, the power of a moment, if we recognize it, that our days are ordered and that as we live life today, it's just not by happenstance. There's no word for coincidence in the Hebrew language. I've said that before. Everything is done by providence. You know, Jesus said something that was really encouraging to the disciples. It's in John chapter 14 and verse 6. Um, you know, Jesus healed people, restored people, even raised them from the dead. Why? Because of their faith. Because they believed. And he championed people of faith. You can see it over and over and over in the Bible. Jesus was the ultimate example of living by faith. And he taught us how to do it. Because we may be thinking, you may be listening today, and you may be thinking, well, how do I do this? How, how is this possible? Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. Jesus told his disciples, he said, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip, one of his disciples, says this, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Aren't we like that? Lord, just show me. <laughs> Give me proof. I mean, we're all like that. Show, get, I want to make sure that I know I'm going the right direction before I go that way. Can I tell you something? I, I don't... I don't know any time in my life and probably in your life that, that, that in those moments that we're going to absolutely know positively certain things we're going to have to believe. You know what Jesus told him? Jesus said, look, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Now, now listen to this right here. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Now check this out. This is so powerful. As we live in community, as we live in fellowship, as we recognize the power of a moment, these words are huge. He says, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me 
does his work through me. Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Then he goes on and says, look, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything in my name. Say that with me. Ask anything in my name. In whose name? Jesus' name. Now check this out. He goes down to verse 16. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. Now I want you to see something today. You know what Jesus was saying in this passage? He was saying, listen, I want you to recognize what you've seen me do, what you have experienced in my life, as I have had community and fellowship with you, as we've went from moment to moment to moment, I want you to recognize something. I am going to send my presence, the Holy Spirit, our presence, God's presence in you, and you will be do, you'll be able to do the same things. You get it? You see, so that makes the significance of living in fellowship and community with other people, that makes the power of a moment even greater. Why? Because when you and I believe and we trust that Jesus truly is the way, we put our faith in him and believe there is no other way, that's the way to God. That's the way that we can have salvation, that we can have hope, that we can have restoration in our life. <clears throat> when we make that decision, then Jesus says, look, then I'm going to send my presence to you. And we're going to talk about this uh, in, in, the, in the next few weeks, even more in depth. But I want you to, to recognize that that's why what we're saying is so powerful. Because wherever you move, wherever you go, whatever you do, whoever you're connected with, whoever you're around in life, you are experiencing a moment in time. And if you will recognize that that moment is God-ordained and that his presence is in you. I love what Jesus says. He says, look, when you see me, you've seen the Father. As believers, it's our responsibility. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, as you believe in me and you have that relationship with God, we are going to give you our presence, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be able to guide you and lead you, show you, convict you, everything. If you go and read chapter 14, he tells you that. And as you do that, then you see the value of the moments. Get it? It's incredible. What, what does that mean? That I have the presence of God. You are, you are the house of God. That's why Paul said in Corinthians that we have this precious treasure in these fragile jars of clay, this flesh. And that we are able, as Jesus said, to ask, ask, and receive when we believe. Isn't that incredible? God, that excites me so much. And so God is calling you today and calling me to step out in faith, to believe that God, Lord, you are ordering my steps. And whatever it is that's in your mind, whatever you find yourself dealing with today, that God is wanting to give you his presence, if you will believe, and if you do believe that you have his presence and that you are the light of the world, you are the hope that he has sent to the world. That's why he says, go. Jesus said, go ye, go you, therefore, into all nations, teaching them, baptizing them, showing them who I am. How? Through what I do in your life. That's what matters. You know, a few years back, I was running on a treadmill, and I was listening to the group Hillsong United, and there was a song that you guys will all be familiar with, and it came on, it was the first time I'd ever heard it before. I'd never heard the song before, and it was called Oceans. And as I began to listen to that song, it, it just amplified what God was saying to me. And I, and I want you to, and I know this is rhetorical, and I know when, I remember growing up in church that people would sing specials, and they would say, well, don't listen to my voice, but listen to the words of the song. And then there's truth in that. I, I want you to catch the words of this song, and, and we're going to come back and talk about it. But as we lead into this whole idea of the significance of a moment, that you're going to have a moment that God is going to call you to, that he's going to ask you to step out in faith. And that's what the song's all about. And if we'll trust him and believe that he's put us in purpose for relationships to show others who he truly is. Listen, listen to this, let's, let's worship together.
Friends. 
So the whole idea of that song is is that, and I, and I love the line where it says that your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign, your sovereign hand will be my God. It's this idea that as we are moving in life from moment to moment, that God wants to show us where his grace abounds, where he's able to do the greatest work in our life is when we come to those, those deepest moments of our life where we don't know what to do. Lord, lead me where my trust is without borders. Teach me to go beyond anything that I ever dreamed I could do. And show me how that in the power of a moment, how that significance through community and fellowship, God, you can use me that I am your, I am your hands and feet. I am the extension of your presence and the way that I live my life matters. You see, Jesus showed us that. And today in, in John chapter 2, I want to just share with you just real quickly about this whole idea of how that when Jesus lived and walked, that he lived in community and how he did that. And, and there's so many significant things to this passage, but I just want to bring out a couple of things today with you. Because as, as we've talked about over and over again, that Ephesians 2.10 says that, that we are God's masterpiece. You know, you're, you're God's masterpiece. If you're, some, if you're sitting with someone right now, look over and say, hey, you're a masterpiece. Tell them. Or maybe if it's just you by yourself, speak that to yourself. You're a masterpiece. What? Created in Christ Jesus to do good things that he ordered for you long ago. You see, Jesus understood that. He understood that he was sent to do good things. How, for what? For what reason? To show people who God was. To show him, show people how faithful he was and what his desire was for our lives and, and what his desire was for us to show how his desire was for us to share that with other people. In, in, in John chapter 2, verse 1, it begins, and the Bible says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Now, as we think about a wedding and we think about all these things, we kind of pull it all together, and we go back to the very beginning when we talked about the Cowboys and the Packers and the, and the power of that moment and how it changed everything where Aaron Rodgers through the past and we think about me meeting Terry Bradshaw as a kid and how it it changed my whole view on sports and football and I became a huge Steelers fan because of that moment as we think about this moment where Jesus is at a wedding and he comes to this place and and he's been invited and his disciples are with him and his mother's with him so it's probably some type of a family association that they come to or a close friend and they're invited and they come and I want you to recognize that that we're all on a journey we're all on a journey, and as we walk this journey out, that as we will, will become more accustomed to understanding that, God, you are faithful. As we live out our schedules, as we move through our schedules, that, Lord, you're working in my life always. And, and so our journey should always involve community. Believe it or not, this is community. Having community like we have it right now, online, and, and encouraging people, as we talked about, to, to have this community, first of all, with God themselves individually. To have this community with, with your family. A dream of the day, even where that families would come together and, and be a part of this possibly as a family. And then to move beyond that into community around you, neighbors and, and in your schools and in, in community events and activities and such as that. And, and Jesus taught us that our journey should always involve community. And, and how did he show us that? First of all, he always connected with people for a purpose. God was leading him and he recognized that as God led him and God was ordering his steps. He listened to the Holy Spirit. As we talked about before, it wasn't that Jesus was, I mean, Jesus completely was totally dependent upon the Father. And he listened constantly. And his journey was always about connecting with people for a purpose. Whatever that purpose was that he knew, look, my steps are ordered. And the second thing we learned from Jesus was that, that he always integrated and lived his life in community. He was always connecting with people. And he didn't expect people to come to them. He come to him he went to them we talked about that last week you know so often in in whether it's in, in religious circles or whatever the case may be and, and we we expect people to come to us we have the answers no Jesus has the answer he's the answer we come together to encourage each other with our stories we should integrate our lives in the lives of other people we should be involved in and if you have kids that are involved in youth sports and, and different opportunities, that's an opportunity for you to connect as you travel with a team or whatever the case may be. That's your chance to be light, to integrate and be within community in those moments. I've had so many incredible moments, Don and I have, with families, with our children like that. And the third thing is that, that we need to understand something about 
the people that were following Jesus, the people that were with him, you know, the disciples that Jesus called, they, he didn't go to the, he didn't go to the church to find them. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, he didn't go to the synagogue to find, to find them. He went to a fishing yard. He went to a, a, to the side of the shore. He found a tax collector doing a job. He connected with people that were different of all walks of life. How did he do that? By integrating his life into other people's lives. And how did he know who, who to pick? How did he know who, know who, to, who to, to choose? God. You see, God led him and he knew, look, I'm here to do my father's business. And, and God's going to lead me in everything I do. You see, that's how it works. As we journey and live life, we're connecting with people for a purpose. We are integrating our lives into community. And then as we do that, God's going to associate, with, associate us with people that we never dreamed, just like this radio broadcast. Maybe you're just listening today and you just love True Texas Radio and you, you started listening. See, God led you to this moment and, and now we're experiencing this community together. That's, that's what it's all about. So Jesus goes to the wedding and he's there with his disciples and his family. And the Bible says in verse 3 that the wine, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, look, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. So much in this verse. We'll talk about that later. But his mother told the servants, look, you do whatever he tells you. So in verse 6, it says, Standing nearby there were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, look, fill the jars with water. I love this dialogue. I love what, what happened here. You know, Jesus is here just living. And, and if you, you picture he's the dancing and the celebration and the fun and enjoying it in the middle of the celebration. I'm sure Jesus was having a blast, laughing, enjoying the moment, connecting with people and all these things. Around 30 years old. And he's moving into this part of his ministry, part of his life. And, and Jesus' mother comes to look, they have no more wine. <laughs> you know, we need to do something about this. And Jesus is like, wait a minute, time out. I'm, I'm not sure that my time's not come. But in the midst of that, his mother says, you do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> I love that. Jesus' mother said, look, whatever, whatever Jesus tells you guys to do, you do it. And he goes on to say, when the jars had been filled, as Jesus told them to do, so they, they did exactly what Jesus asked them to do. They filled the jars with water. He said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water, that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from. Now, I love that because he took he took jars that were used for ceremonial hand washing. Get it? So it's this idea that people have been sticking their hands in this jar all day long. All right, as they came in and they had washed their hands and he took this, this nasty water, right? And he, the Bible says, turned it into wine. He said, take it to the master of ceremonies. And so in verse 9, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, all right, not knowing where it had come from, <laughs> I think that's funny, right? Because he takes our lives that are so messed up and jacked up and turns it into something beautiful, something special, just like he did the wine. He didn't know where it came from, though, of course, the servants knew. I wonder if they kind of chuckled. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then everyone has a lot to drink, and he brings out the less expensive wine, but you've kept the best one out. In other words, he's saying, usually you put the best wine out first, and then everybody drinks a lot, and they don't care what they're drinking later, right? And so it's less expensive. But here, you've got the best, and you've saved it till now. You see, Jesus did this miracle, and he came to this place. And I want you to recognize a couple of things that I think is so that I think are so significant in our and as we as we continue this thought, is that as Jesus encourages us and he shows us, gives us the example of living in community to connect with people for a purpose, integrating our lives with other people's lives. And then we'll have unexpected encounters where we'll become connected and and we'll be in friendship with people and we'll have the opportunity to bless people that we never thought that we would. Just like Jesus did the disciples. How do we do that? Living in community means two simple things. First of all, it means that you're available. You make yourself available. Lord, I'm available. In the midst of the chaos and the struggle, Lord, I'm available. Lord, even though I don't know exactly what to do and I don't know what you're doing, to be honest, God, I trust you. I choose to trust you. Just like that man that told Jesus, Lord, I believe, help me with these areas that I struggle with unbelief. God, show me. I, I want to be available. Living in community means that you choose to be available. Jesus was available. He was where he was supposed to be, when he was supposed to be there, doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. And his mother issues him 
an encouraging word. And even though he says, you know what, look, my time's not come yet, he purposefully and intentionally recognizing, recognizes, look, this is a moment. So he takes these the water out of these stone jars that are used to wash your hands in ceremonially, 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 yeah, that's how you say that. And he takes it and he what, turns it into the best wine. That's what God does. And when you are available, first of all, God is going to do work in your life. And he is going to change you from the inside out. And he is going to use that moment to bless you individually. Then to bless your wife, your husband, your children, your parents. And as you move forward, then he's going to open up other doors. Because you recognize, what, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about him working through me. Ordering my steps. Lord, just let me be available today. So often we're trying to figure things out. And I know that we have to order. We have to plan. I know that we have to... We have to have a guide, so to speak. But as we're doing that, we're available. So often in my own life, I can be so consumed with what I need and the struggles of my own life that I'm missing those people around me. You know what's funny about my life is I, I've been and we've traveled many miles and we've been in many places. There have been many times and we've traveled and financially because we the way we've lived that we just didn't know. And we go into a moment thinking, I would honestly, if I'm honest, be thinking, okay, I know we have these needs and, and, and I never really set fees as far as when we've traveled and and as we went into these different situations, there were worries and struggles that I was battling. Do you know that when I got into the moment and I became available, all that disappeared? Even this morning. I mean, yeah, we have needs, we have struggles. There's things that I don't know exactly what we're going to do about. I know there's things that you don't know what you're going to do about. But isn't it funny how that I can play Oceans or I can play a song. I can play I Lived by One Republic. And in that moment, we're encouraged and we're challenged and just by simply being available, we kind of move into a different mindset. Whether we recognize, wait a minute, all things are possible. Now, our circumstances are still going to be there, but we're changing. And as we change, as we become available, guess what? God can use us in that moment. He can teach us in that moment. So that what? So that you can have the faith that God will use you to impact others too. In the midst of your story, in the midst of your struggle. That's the second thing. Be available. And have the faith to believe that God will use you and your story to impact others around you. He'll use the circumstances of your life to guide you to where you need to be. And in that direction that you take, in those moments that you live, he's going to do just like Jesus experienced. And you're going to see that things change. But you know, why did, why did Jesus, I look at Jesus' ministry and, and why, did, why were so many people impacted? Well, aren't literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people impacted by this man? And then you'd naturally, honestly say, well, because he was Jesus. He was God's son. Uh, I, I get that. But, you know, I, I think we need to look more, more deeply than that. Because Adam, in the very beginning, we talked about that a few weeks ago, he had the same opportunity. I mean, Eve took the apple and she ate. She turned and, and gave it to Adam, who was there with him, with her. And, when, and he chose to eat the apple. You see, what's missed in all of this is that Jesus, the Bible says, even when he was on the cross, could have called 10,000 angels, thousands of angels to come and take him off the cross. He had the option. In the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying, he said, Lord, if, is there any other way? Is there any other way that this can be done? But then he said, but look, not my will, but what? Yours be done. You see, we, we lose this idea that Jesus by choice by obedience, moved in the way that God asked him to move. You, you know why his ministry exploded? Because of that fact. Wherever he went, whatever he did, he recognized that God sent him there. By faith, he entered every moment completely sensitive to the idea that as he integrated his life in community and lived among people, why? To show people who God really was. That he was someone that loved them, that wanted them to love him. And he wanted to teach them, look, love one another. Love each other. You're going to disagree. You're going to have struggles. Even this weekend as you've watched and, and you see all the things that have happened in our country and the inauguration and, and the, the, the demonstrations and all the moments. Everyone feels different kind of feelings. Everyone believes different kind of things and thoughts. But in the midst of it all, there's truth. There's reality. And it's our responsibility to live and to walk in truth. That's why Jesus' ministry exploded. That's why so many people were reached. Because he knew 
wherever he went, God sent him there. And he listened to God's presence and God's voice and did his will. I love the story of the moment where Jesus was coming down from the north and he's about to enter through Samaria. And usually Jews would pass around Samaria because they didn't associate with Samaritans. And I love the verse in John where, where Jesus says, I, I have to go through Samaria. I love that verse. And the result was he goes down and meets a woman at a well and the whole community is impacted. Why? Because of that woman's story. You see how that works? That's why thousands of people follow Jesus. That's why thousands of people were drawn to Jesus. That's why children rushed to Jesus. That's why the sick came to Jesus. That's why the lost and the hurting wanted to be around Jesus. Because everywhere he went, he did the will of the Father. He knew that it was God's will he was fulfilling and not his own. And the result was people's lives were changed. He did everything that God told him to do. Everything. He completely followed. And you know what he did? He hung out with people. What did he do? He hung out with people. He was around people. Spent time with people. And I think that as you you recognize that and you realize that, that the Bible goes on to say in, in, in chapter 2, verse 11, it says, this miraculous sign at Canaan and Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Now watch this. And his disciples believed in him. And after the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. I think that we can see through the story, as Jesus goes through this story, as we go through the story about Jesus, that we need to remember where community matters most. It matters most in, in our lives because there's a huge statement in there that after this moment, the disciples believed. They believed. And Jesus went on to spend several days with his disciples, his mother, and his brothers. His most intimate source of community. His family. His mom. His brothers. His friends. And as we live our life by faith, I believe that's what this story is teaching us and showing us. Look, God wants us to recognize that he sent his only begotten son into this world. That whoever would believe in him, they wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. You have to believe. It's like Romans says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that, it, that if you believe with your mouth, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, then, then you'll be saved. And it goes on to say in verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever, no respecter, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So this morning, I hope that as we think about this whole idea of the, of the power of fellowship and community, as we, we talk about the, the significance of a moment, that today you'll, you'll recognize that, that this moment from 10 to 11 o'clock, I pray that it was a moment that as you're sitting there listening, wherever you are, as you're watching or whatever the case may be, that you would realize that God is ordering your steps for a purpose. And we can learn from the example of Jesus Christ as he integrated his life lived in community authentically with people loving them wherever they were being honest with them that moments like this occurred and as we can learn from the story he took water from a bunch of old pots that had been used for washing people's hands and all that dirt and grime and Jesus said get those pots over here he says now go and serve that to the master of ceremonies he turned something that was so incredibly nasty really honestly into something beautiful. And all he asks for us is just look, come as you are. You know, just be available and let me use you. In these closing moments, I'm going to play a little bit of this song. I don't want you to hear the words of it. And it's simply called Come As You Are by Crowder. It's a great song. And then we'll come back and we'll close just real quick. Oh 
hopeless And all those who've strayed Come sit at the table Come taste the grace There's rest for the weary Rest that endures So as we close this out today, I love the idea that Nick Carter says. He said, look, lay down your burden, lay down your shame, lay it all down. And that, that's what Jesus came to teach us. As as we individually lay things down before him and surrender our lives to him, then in turn, he wants to use us to share that hope with other people. That's the whole idea of living in community. That's the power of fellowship that we have. And the power of a single moment in time that can truly, truly change the course of our lives. And I pray that for you today. I pray that you'll find that individually. I pray that you'll find that as a family. And I pray that as you move into each day, you'll recognize just like Jesus taught us, that as we integrate our lives and live intentionally with other people, that we can be used to know, hey, look, God's leading me wherever I go. As we go on that path, that people will believe and we can impact. Where does it start? With you. Where else? With your home, with your family, husbands, wives, and children, and then in community with other people. Hey, listen, we love you guys. Thank you for joining today. I hope you'll join back in. Share this with someone else today, and I pray that God will bless your, your steps. I pray, pray for my family. Pray for my wife, man. She's had the flu. And my son, pray that God will heal them. We'll be praying for you and looking forward to what God's going to do in the weeks ahead. Thank you for joining, and uh, we hope to, to see you next week. All right? Be blessed. Have a great day. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. So lay